you would turn your Bibles to book of Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8. And we're going to begin with verse 37. Luke chapter 8 and verse 37. The Word of God declares, Then the whole multitude of the country of the Gadarens round about besought him to depart from them. For they were taken with great fear, and he went up into the ship and returned back again. Now the man out of whom the devils were departed, departed besought him that he might be with him. But Jesus sent him away, saying, Return to thine own house, and show how great things God hath done unto thee. And he went his way and published throughout the whole city how great things Jesus had done. Now, if you will, turn your Bibles to the book of Mark, chapter 6. Mark chapter 6. Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 53. I'll give you a moment to get there. Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him. And he ran and ran through the whole region round about, began to carry about in beds those that were sick, for they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Let's pray. Father, we love you and praise you and we thank you again for the time you've given us to come and to worship you, Lord, in spirit and in truth. And Father, as I... Stand before your people. Give me the words to say. Bring to my memory those things I've studied. And let me say those things you'd have me to say and you've laid upon my heart. May our ears and hearts be open to receive what you have for us. May I preach with boldness and authority your truth. And dear God, I don't know the spiritual condition of those that are here, but you do. I just pray that your blessed will be done. Lord, be the sick, the afflicted, those it's hard to do to pray for. And again, today... As we're gathered together, may you be in our midst, and may we honor and glorify you for it. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Okay, be seated, please. Uh, all of you know that me and uh, Brother Bob, we had the privilege of going to uh, Israel. And uh, I tell you what, uh, 
it was a blessing, and I'm very thankful for that opportunity. And some of you have asked, well, Pastor, what was your favorite part? Well, you go to the empty tomb, that's got to be your favorite part. The tomb's empty. I'll go ahead and tell you. It's empty. He's in heaven. Right hand throne of God making intercession and he's coming back for us. But the tomb's empty and that's one of my favorites. But you know where else was a favorite of mine? The Sea of Galilee. It's so beautiful. It's so tranquil. And understand it's a lake, y'all. It is a lake that is about 12 miles long and about 7 miles wide. And on the other side of it, in the southwest corner of the Sea of Galilee, is Gadara, the Gadarenes. In fact, it makes up one of the ten cities that the Bible calls Decapolis. And it was pretty much settled by Gentiles. You say, well, how do you know? Because they had a herd of swine. Jews ain't going to take care of hogs, are they? They ain't going to slop hogs. They ain't going to have hogs around them. So they were Gentiles. But this morning I want to share with you about those two cities we've read about. Gadara and Gesenaret. And I want you to understand that there is different as they can be. How many of you, you were in school had to read the book or tell us two cities? Boy, wasn't my favorite. It was too many pages and it was boring. But it was required reading in our English class, English lit. But the famous line that always stuck with me, I couldn't tell you the rest of the story if I wanted to. I don't think I even passed the test, but I do remember the, the first line. Charles Dickens was the author, and he said it was the best of times and the worst of times. And that's what we have with Gadara and Gesenaret. You see, here's two cities, and Jesus goes to Gadara, and that's where we'll start first. Again, southeast section of the Sea of Galilee, and the Bible tells us that there was a maniac or demonic that was literally living in the tombs. You see, he was possessed by lots of demons or devils, as the Bible says. And literally, he dwelled amongst the tombs. He roamed around naked. The people would put him in bonds and fetters and he would break the bonds and fetters and he would cry out and Jesus by his appointment came to Gadara see it wasn't by accident it was an appointed time and let me just say this morning it's not an accident that you're here this morning it's never an accident when you come to God's house To worship God, it ain't by accident. You're here because it's preordained that you be here. God knows you're going to be here. But my point is, 
there was an appointment that this old demonic or maniac, if you want to call him, that's easier for me, he didn't know that this day would be a day that he had an appointment with God. And here's the thing. As soon as he sees the Lord, he recognizes him, Brother Ciro, as the Son of God. What hast thou to do with me, thou Son of God? You see, he recognized who he was. Can I tell you this morning, anytime Jesus shows up, you're going to know who he is. It's amazing to me. You hear all of these testimonies about people. Well, I think it was Jesus. No, you either have met Jesus or you haven't. You either know it's Jesus or you don't. And Jesus showed up in this poor maniac. In bad shape. And he recognizes Son of God has appeared. You know, the Bible says over in James that, you know, thou recognizest that there is one God. You doeth well, but the devils tremble and believe. See, they recognized who he was. But here is the sad thing. Jesus appears and Jesus cast out those demons. And the Bible says they were a legion. And the, they asked Jesus for permission to go into a herd of swine that they saw. And Jesus granted that. Okay? But understand... They came out, and the man was healed. And as great a miracle as that was, and it was a great miracle. Can I tell you a greater miracle? In fact, I think it's the best miracle of all. By the way, if you read God's word, you'll find many miracles. But the greatest miracle was this, that the Lord God of heaven would literally leave the glory of heaven Come down to the lowly estate of his creation, man. Go to the cross, suffer and die to atone for our sins. Rise again on the third day. And through his death, burial and resurrection, the greatest miracle of all was our salvation and our forgiveness by grace through faith. You see, this man was undeserving, just like you and I were undeserving. You know, you meet a lot of people out there that think they're something. Amen. Prideful, arrogant. I remember one of the most arrogant guys, and you know I like football and I like players, and I admire that they're able to play. But one of the most arrogant players in my lifetime was Odeon Sanders. Oh, that guy was 
arrogant. You know, I always thought, boy, I'd just like to play one, one play and I'd like to just lay my hat on him one time. Of course, he, I could have never touched him because he's quicker than I would ever be. But he's always arrogant in his prime. Prime time. That's what he called himself. Prime time. But there are people out in the world that are arrogant and they think they're something. Here's a man that is possessed. No telling how long he's been possessed. Here's a man, society would have said, forget about him. In fact, his whole town, Gadara, they could have cared less. Here he is, he's healed. The Lord miraculously touched him, cast out the demons. And the Bible says that he was sitting at the feet of Jesus, was clothed, and in his right mind, you would have thought that whole town would have been talking and glorifying God for the miracle that had taken place. But oh no, it was just the opposite. You see, town said, well the Bible says that they were afraid and amazed. And they asked Jesus, get gone. They weren't concerned about that poor old maniac. What they were concerned about, yeah, Jesus performed a miracle amongst them, but what they were concerned about was their material and their wealth it affected. And there's people out there today, they've heard about Jesus, they've seen the difference that Jesus has made in the lives of people that they know, maybe even in their own family. But you see, that doesn't matter to them. What matters to them is the almighty dollar and the material and the possessions. They'd rather have those things than the Lord Jesus Christ today. That should break your heart. Here is a whole town that Jesus came for a reason. He saw a need there and he could have met that need for that whole place. But because of their lack of faith, because they didn't glorify who he was, he left. Can I tell you though, if you recognize who he is, recognize he has the ability and the power and submit to his lordship, there's nothing he can't do in your life this morning. If you need salvation, he can save you. If you need help, no matter what the help is, he can do it. If you need healing, yes, this Baptist says Jesus can heal. I didn't say Benny Hinn. I didn't say Jimmy Swaggart. Or Roberts, I said Jesus can heal. Because he has the power. But you must recognize who he is. And surrender to his lordship. And that's where we mess up. Oh, we, we want our fire insurance. We, we want to be saved. We want to go to heaven. And we want the Lord to save us. And we want all of the blessings that come with our salvation. But Lord, 
Just don't ask me to do anything in return. Don't ask me. Bother somebody else. Someone that's more qualified. Can I tell you something? You know what makes us all qualified? Jesus. Same Lord. Same Savior. He equips us all with the same Holy Spirit. He gives us power to accomplish what it is. So here's Gadara. Again, here's Jesus. And what did they say? Get on that boat and get gone. Mm-mm. You're costing us. Even though that poor old maniac, again, delivered. Some of you may say, well, I'm too far gone. He can't deliver me. Can I tell you, you can never get too far away from God. He can claim you wherever you are. You can get on a boat like Jonah did and go the opposite way. And guess what? When you get to your destination, he's going to be there. He's going to be there. You see, Gadara had the opportunity for a mighty work that the Lord would perform. But instead, they asked him to leave. So my question to you this morning is, how have you responded to Christ when he showed up? And let me tell you something. He shows up every time we're in his house. You know he's in the midst. We're two or three together. There I am in the midst. He shows up every time. So how have you responded? To his call. He won't force himself on you. But how will you respond? He showed up in Gadara. Now, go to Mark. Gesenaret. Let's read that again. What it says. Mark 6. Mark 6. Verse 53. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship, straightway they knew him and ran through the whole region round about and began to carry about in beds, those that were sick, where they heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Now understand, Gennesaret was in the northwest part of the Sea of Galilee. It wasn't by water. It would, they weren't far apart, Gennesaret and Gadara. Wasn't far at all. And Gennesaret was a f- land that had lots of fertile ground. Agriculturally, agriculturally, they could grow lots of different things. And they were settled mostly by Jews. So... Here they are in the northwest. 
Here Jesus pulls up. Now remember, Gadara, get on the boat and get gone. Please leave us. Want nothing to do with you, Lord. And there's a lot of folks out there who don't want nothing to do with the Lord. But here in Gennesaret, as soon as they come to shore, they knew him. You say, well, that's because his fame spreaded abroad. Well, it's, it's true. I have no doubt they heard about Jesus and they heard about all of the miracles that he performed. Sure, his fame would spread. But folks, they knew him. And there is a difference in knowing him and knowing about him. Lots of folks, you ask them, If they know the Lord, oh, I know the Lord, they know about him. But they don't know him personally. But I can't help but think they knew him personally because as soon as he showed up, they began to run about the town and the villages declaring, Jesus is here! Can I tell you this morning? Jesus is here. And we are to proclaim every time these doors are open, Jesus is here at Lone Mountain. Because he shows up. But not just here on Sundays. Not just here on Wednesdays. But he's in the house, talking about this house, every day. And we shouldn't Be ashamed to declare he's here. I know he's here. How do you know? Because I've met him. Have you met him? I know that I know. Devil can't chase me past the cross. Devil can't chase me past where I submitted and fell on my face prostrate and said, Lord, save a sinner like me. And he did. Because I was there when he did it. So, Jesus is here. And the Bible says that wherever he went, they brought out those that were in their beds that were sick and had all manner of illnesses. And everywhere he passed, they wretched and just touched the border of his garment. And as many as touched that border, they were made whole. By the way, kind of reminds me of the woman with an issue of blood. If I can just get next to that garment and reach out and touch it. I know I'll be made whole. And it's the same way today. If we who are dead, by the way, in sins and trespasses, separated from God, if we can just get close enough to touch him, he can save us. And he still saves today he still has the ability to make us whole 
And I don't care what you're going through today. Doesn't matter what addiction you got. And by the way, we are all addicted to something. Did I say that? Yeah. We're addicted to something. Some may not be, you know, it may not be the almighty dollar. It may not be pornography. It may not be alcohol or drugs. But we're addicted to something. I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm addicted to groceries. Amen? Look at me. I'm addicted to coffee. I cannot even begin to open my eyes or think until I have my first cup. And really, I need two cups to really say, oh, thank you, Lord, for another day. I have to have it. But we laugh, but we're addicted to something. It can be TV. It can be our family. It can be entertainment. It can be anything. But beloved, whatever you're addicted to, if God lays it on your heart to put it down and put it away, he has the power and the grace to give you that to overcome. And can I say something? Anything Jesus does, he doesn't do it halfway. He doesn't halfway answer prayer. You ever run across folk that say, well, he, he answered a little prayer, but I'm still going. Jesus don't work that away. He doesn't leave us in the lurch. Okay, I've answered a little bit. Now you take care of the rest. No, when he answers prayer, it's done. And I'll go ahead and say this. <laughs> when it comes to prayer, there's times we pray, we lift our petitions before his throne room of grace, and he immediately answers. There are other times we pray, and sometimes it takes a little while. And the reason it takes a little while is he still wants you to pray, and he still wants you to have faith. And then there's sometimes you pray, and he don't answer at all. It's not because he can't or he won't. It's because you have prayed, prayed selfishly. Oh, Lord, if you'll just get me that lottery. I promise I'll give a tenth of that to the church. Lie. More like 1%. He knows our thoughts. He knows our hearts. No. Well, Lord, if you'll just get me out of this tough situation I'm in, I promise I'll do better. You won't. Can I tell you something? Let me save y'all some trouble and heartache. Stop trying to barter with God. The Bible says if you make a vow to God, you better make sure you pay that vow. Better not to make a vow at all than to make a vow and not pay it. I learned that the hard way. Amen? Listen. He shows up. They know him. And they begin to run around and announce, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And notice the Bible doesn't say they got together and said, you reckon he might heal somebody? You reckon he might be able to do that? 
No, automatically they knew who he was. He was the son of God. They knew he was the man of miracles. And as I said, Jesus still is a man of miracles. Every time a soul gets saved, that's a miracle. Do you realize all of us that have been born again are miracles? We're all miracles. And they had faith and trust in the Savior that if they could just get to the border of the hem of his garment and just touch it, not grab it and tear it, just touch it, brush up against it, they would be made whole. Do you see the difference? Gadara, get away! Gesinnerit, Lord, you are welcome in this place. Jesus showed up to both places. And one rejected him. And the other accepted him. What will you do when Jesus showed up? And again, he's here this morning. He's here at Lone Mountain. What will you do? Reject him or receive him? See, again, it's your choice. And it's a choice that we all must make for ourselves. Have you made that choice this morning? Have you accepted him as your Lord and Savior? Or is there something keeping you from coming to him? What is it you're hanging on to? Gadara, them old Gentiles, was hanging on to their wealth. They were angry because the spirit that he cast out of that maniac got into the swine and they ran off the mountain and drowned it. And they were angry. See, they place more value on things that are temporal. But the folks in Gennesaret placed more value on the things that were eternal. So where are you? Temporal? Eternal. What's most important to you? Well, I'll go ahead and tell you. My relationship with him is important to me. In fact, it's the most important thing in my life. You say, well, what about your wife? She's important, but Jesus is the most important thing in my life. And when Jesus comes through the doors here at Lone Mountain, I know I'm the under-shepherd, I want him to have his way here. I want him to feel welcome because I guarantee you they didn't have to tell Jesus twice go get on the boat and get out of here he just left the Bible doesn't say anywhere that he went back show me you can't because it's not there they missed their opportunity 
My spirit will not always strive with man. Are you going to miss your opportunity this morning? We're promised right here and right now. But as soon as this service is over with, we don't know what a day is going to bring forth. So if you're here, come. Whatever your need is, he has the power. He can do whatever you have need of. So do that this morning. Two cities. One rejected him and one accepted him. Oh, (laughs) I pray everybody will do that and receive him. Don't reject him. Don't reject him. Don't let him pass you by. Amen.